Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. I am Christian Kiambo Tiambo. I am a scientist at ELRI. I work for the Center for Tropical Astrology, Genetic and Health, where I'm co-leading the reproductive technology platform. Uh-huh. And uh, previously, I was at uh, Baker, Bioscience, Eastern and Central Africa as postdoctoral scientist. Do you want to give a brief of what you, you're doing, maybe in layman language, and why it is important to the community? Okay. Currently, what I'm doing... Uh, my work focuses mostly on the preservations of uh, African animal genetic resources. Mm-hmm. I am focusing mostly on poultry for now, but from by middle of this year, we'll be also focusing on cattle. We use uh, reproductive technology tools, innovations, to help preserve the genetic material. Like now we are using the primordial germ cells techniques okay. to crop preserve and revive the poultry genetic resources from Africa. Mm-hmm. And uh, this technique is very innovative because, you know, it was not possible before to freeze uh, the eggs of chicken. Like uh, we can freeze the semen of mammals. So this technique is allowing now scientists to crop preserve for long term use and revive the given species or a given genetic material when in need. Why is it important to preserve? What what do we gain from it? Okay, we have in the normal production system, a lot of challenges which are leading to uh, uh, different form of traits to animal genetic resources in general and extensions of many of them. So uh, be it in wildlife or in livestock, a lot of diversity is being extinct because of all those traits, including human traits, so if you want to make sure that we are keeping those genes which may be useful for the future of livestock production in Africa, particularly or in the world in general, we need to make sure that they don't disappear totally. So we need to keep them for future generations. And while we are keeping them, we also make sure that it is used to support research. So we are not just collecting material and keeping them in the bar repository at Ilri, but we also make sure that that material can be a very good uh, tools and available to other scientists who want to explore the biology 
want to explore the response to different forms of stress without using the whole animal. So this is becoming less expensive for scientists, less costly also for the institutions, and we have material available every time. We don't need to raise whole flocks of chicken before we use live animals for experiment, but we can use the cells and simulate whatever we want to do. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So tell us the journey of how you got here, where it started. Oh, that is a long journey. Yes, Let me I'm tell you. I... To hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I first came to Kenya in 2012. Mm-hmm. That was to complete the last part of my PhD, which was on the characterization of uh, indigenous poultry genetic resources from Cameroon, where I was mm-hmm. doing my PhD. Okay. So I came here, I did the last part, molecular expert characterizations, and that was opportunity for me also to build other contacts, to write some proposals. The first proposal that I wrote was successful and written from here in collaboration with some colleagues from Brazil and uh, Cameroon. And of course, colleagues from here. That was a two years project. And while implementing the project back home, I noticed that it was very important also to connect to other scientists across uh, Africa who are working on the same topic, means poultry genetic resources. And uh, later on, being university lecturers, I was also uh, called by the JCOAT, Pan African University of Science and Technology, where I was also teaching animal biotechnologies, mostly focusing on breeding and uh, fuel livestock and supervision also. And thanks to all those activities and uh, uh, collaboration with different people, I decided to uh, apply to the call for a postdoc position that was launched from here, Baker. So that's how I found myself back to Kenya in the 2017 mm-hmm. as postdoctoral scientists. And uh, finally, I moved from Baker to Lifestyle Genetics and the CTLGH. Mm-hmm. And now I am currently scientist working on the reproductive technology platform. All right. So how did you... How did this interest in science start? Before you entered university, did you want to be in science? What did you do? Tell us the story before you <laughs> went to university. University. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when we... Uh, okay. My both grandparents, my grandparents from both sides were people connected to uh, military, etc. So my original passion was to be uh, part of the army but mostly focusing on uh, medicines within the army. So this is in so Cameroon? That was back in Cameroon, yeah. So I was trying to do something close to what my grandparents were doing, hmm. but uh, I wasn't successful there. That's why finally, when leaving the secondary school, I went to university to do biology. You I did zoology. It. I chose it, yes. I chose it to do biology. I, I, I 
went through the biology program till uh, when I obtained my first MSc mm. in the zoology, specialized in ecoparasitology. Mm. And uh, yes, I was to work with a program, which was a grade A project, when I was supposed to be the parasitologist in the program. But unfortunately, when we were about to launch the project, something happened. I don't know why. But uh, my position was assigned to someone else. Mm -hmm. So I a bit become angry, but I say, okay, let me move to something else. And since at home already, though my parents were lecture, my teacher, primary school teacher, mm -hmm. mom and dad, mm -hmm. and apart from that, we were doing a lot of agriculture, and I was mostly in charge of the pig farming, our pig farm, where we take care of animals, even early in the morning before going to school, whatever we are doing, and the evening also. So I said, okay, let me move to something very closer to what we are already doing at home. That's why I embark on another uh, MSc okay. in the Faculty of Agriculture and uh, Veterinary Medicine, mm -hmm. where I decided to also to specialize on the animal breeding and genetic improvement. And uh, during the second MSc courses, I was assigned, um, I was given an assignment, a homework, mm. to try to screen the poultry production system in Cameroon and in Central Africa. Mm. Before that, I had nothing, no good idea of what the poultry, indigenous poultry production system may be. Mm. But when I was trying to accomplish that classroom assignment, I noticed that there was a lot of gap, but also a lot of potential in developing the local poultry production systems. And that's why I decided from that second MSc to focus on poultry genetic improvement, poultry breeding and genetic improvement. So okay. finally, I obtained a second MSc on animal breeding and genetic improvement, and I continue on PhD on the same domain. So you've done two MSCs? Yes. Mm. Yes, I did two MSAs, and uh, I still use the two mm. because, uh, okay, before joining ERI also, at the level of Cameroon, though I was teacher in animal breeding and genetic improvement, mm. I was also the focal person for the One Health Center Eastern Africa, where we're doing a lot of activities on zoonoses, on antimicrobial resistance, etc., so I was using my gut background in the ecoparasitology mm -hmm. to lead the project on zoonosis, on one health, and using my background in animal breeding to perform my teaching, research, and uh, supervisions in the faculty of uh, agriculture and veterinary medicine. And I'm well, still working on the two domains. Okay, while doing your uh, university education, that is from BSc and the two MSCs and the PhD, uh, what are the challenges that you faced during that time? Wow. One of the most important challenges was the availability of resources. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, let me tell you, when I went to the university, I left my parents. I traveled mm -hmm. to the university 
town that was Where almost two. Where do you come from? I'm exactly? from the west. I'm from the Western Cameroon, of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where my origins are, but I was born in the littoral part of Cameroon, 400 mm-hmm. kilometers away. Mm-hmm. But uh, after, when I was to go to university, I returned to the Western Cameroon. Okay. Yes. So, and uh, there, as to answer your questions and the challenge, mm-hmm. yeah, the first one was financial resources. So that's why when starting my universities, first years, I had to do a lot of things. I was photographer, mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of business, buying mm-hmm. here and selling there to have little money. I was trying my best to be as independent as possible, not to be requesting money from my parents every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why um, when I was about to finish my PSC, I noticed that I was a little bit late. Mm-hmm. So I had to, instead of having my BSc in three years, I was as I was supposed to do, mm. I have it. I had it in three and a half years because part of my time I was investing too much in business and in mm. my photography activities. But to finish it, I had to stop everything also. That so mm. put all the extra activities aside and focus only on my BSc, mm. and I finish it. That's why I moved to the MSc in the eco-parastology. But the second challenge was also there, having resources to conduct my MSc research. Mm-hmm. So then also I did a bit of business, but I embarked on agriculture. Because when I graduated, the gap, the time between the end of the BSc and the beginning of the M- MSc, mm was like wasted for me. So with a friend, we started doing agriculture. Mm-hmm. We had a farm not mm-hmm. uh, very far from there. So we started doing, uh, producing uh, half hectare of chili. Mm-hmm. So from Monday to Friday, we were at university. Mm-hmm. And Friday evening, we take the car, which is like Matatu here, Travel mm-hmm. for almost two hours, spend the weekend in the farm, working very hard to put our chili farm in place. Mm-hmm. And we rented a two-bedroom there because that production was giving us that time a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So we started, um, we're using it as a permanent activities for the weekends. All weekends, we travel, walk to the farm from Friday evening to Sunday evening, then Sunday evening we take the cars and return to the university where we really work and focus on our studies throughout the week. Mm-hmm. So this is how finally we managed to finish the MSc without suffering too much. And when and I moved to the my PhD, mm-hmm. I was also trying to be independent. So now I was part-time teacher mm-hmm. in secondary school and in some private universities. So this is how we're trying to put two ends together to make sure that we have the needed resources because the challenge in our country was how to mobilize enough resources to cover the PAG charges. Mm-hmm. And 
to do my PhD on the quantitative animal breeding, quantitative genetics, etc. So I was running my farm, experimental farm with animals. In one side, I have uh, poultry, conventional uh, commercial poultry, where it is short, very short cycle, generous resources from there. Then I use the resource to support my research on indigenous chicken, where I was doing a lot of performance evaluation, crossbreeding with some identified exotic breeds, evaluating the performances of the crossbreed, etc., heterosis. And yes, we managed to do that. And this is how I conducted the last part of my PhD, but I was still stuck at the level of doing the molecular characterization. Mm-hmm. That was very expensive. I have no way doing it. And that's why uh, from uh, July 2010 mm-hmm. to February, uh, no, to January 2012, I was stuck mm-hmm. doing nothing, no way to wow. mobilize resources, etc. So I I can say I lost almost two years like that mm-hmm. till when I applied to the Baker Fellowship and on the December, November 2011, mm-hmm. I received an email from uh, Rob Skelton mm-hmm. informing me, oh yeah, you have, you, we received your applications and it was successful. Are you willing to come to Kenya for to start your fellowship, but he was advising me now we are entering December, so everybody will be going to for holiday by mid-December. If you come, there is no one. So mm. when are you ready to come? Mm. I said, I'm ready to come as soon as possible, but mm-hmm. since people will be going for holiday, mm. let me come the first week of January 2012. Mm. So that's how they arranged everything. And on 11 January 2012, I was arriving in Kenya for the first time. And I was so happy. It was a four-month fellowship, fully covered. Yeah, it was a big relief for me. Mm. That's why everything I could do to say thank you to those who are granting me the fellowship was to work very hard. Mm-hmm. And in four months, I was done and very well. Wow. So you so, came with your samples? Yes, I came from Cameroon with my samples. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you one thing also. Mm-hmm. In Cameroon, my experience in molecular biology was very, very weak. So even using pipette was still a challenge for me. Wow. But here I had very good mentor at Ilri in Baker. And uh, that was um, uh, Tina Kialo. Martina Kialo is still around here. And uh, uh, Moses uh, Jaira, who is now a CP. And there were some other guys like uh, Francis uh, Bramwell Wanjala and many other research associates. Was, and everybody was very open, very good, prompt mm-hmm. to serve, to listen to you to make sure that all the reagents and uh, consumables are available. Mm-hmm. So that's how in four months I was able to complete my fellowship and have my last paper uh, available, mm-hmm. which I just completed with the 
four other papers I was uh, that were ready. And by the time I was defending my PhD, I had six publications from that PhD. Wow. wow. That was, yeah, a great achievement for me that time. Okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll go back again. I want to understand the the education system in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- like you said, you choose to go to, like, do you have to pass high school to choose a university and called, or you choose a subject that you want to go to university to study? Like, what's the procedure? You need to pass all your exams from the primary school before you go to the secondary school. You need to mm-hmm. pass all the exams. We have what is called uh, uh, we have three exams in the secondary school that you have to pass before you move to the university. So at the middle of the secondary school, you have an exam that gives you an opportunity to choose whether you are going for a um, uh, scientific profile or literature profile. Uh-huh. Yeah. And let me tell you one thing also there. I was very good in literature at the beginning. Uh-huh. So I was first oriented to do literature. Uh-huh. I spent two months doing literature, uh-huh. literature's education, but I thought, oh no, this is not for me. I, I, though I'm good writing, I'm still good today doing writing few things but i was feeling like no this is not what i want to do so i decided to go and to continue in biology mm. of course i had a lot of challenges in mathematics but a great passion for biology chemistry and physics so i said let me go for it mm. and uh, that's how I finally reached what what we call premier. This is one year before uh, last, but one year before you exit the secondary school. Mm-hmm. So you have an exam, and the last year you have another exam, which gives you the kits to go to university if you want to continue to university level. Okay. And at university level, normally our BSc programs is three years. Mm-hmm. Where, and when you are entering university, you have to choose for your domain of specialization already. Mm. So, yeah, your orientations are from there. And you choose it according to your capacity and your perspective. So that's why I decided to go first for zoology. Mm. Of course, I was having major there in genetics, cytogenetics, etc. Because that was also an attraction for me. Why? Then zoology and Why genetics. Why was an attraction for you? I really don't know, but I just love diversity in the nature. Mm-hmm. And I knew the background was genetics. So for me to explore that, yes. Unfortunately, when we are doing the the MS, the BSc program, mm-hmm. There was no uh, lecturer at that time who was ready to take me really through the genetic pathway. Mm-hmm. That's why I end up doing eco ecology, parasitology. Okay. And 
finishing with the first MSc in parasitic zoonosis. Mm-hmm. Yes. But when I finished that, I also noticed, okay, I need to move to something more challenging and still connected to what I was doing back home, agriculture, animal agriculture. Do you think your side hustles, the ones, the things that you did, the businesses, the, uh, the farm business, the other businesses that you did, the photography, do you think it has influenced you uh, currently in any way? Yes, of course, of course. I can say, of course, it's delayed me a bit as compared to my other friend, even if later we catch up. Mm. But it really helped me to build my, uh, to learn to be independent mm-hmm. and to take care of myself, mm. to face as at the earliest stage of my development, mm. the challenges and see how to overcome them mm. without calling for my parents or to whoever is able to, to, to assist. Mm-hmm. So you try to, fix your problems yourself. That was a a great lesson for me also, for my life. And it's still helping me today. Do you still do photography? I'm curious. (laughs) Uh, I still have some cameras here. Mm. The very first camera I was using, I'm still having it back home. It's not here, but it's still in my boxes back home. But I still have some good camera with very powerful zoom that I use here from time to time, just for fun, or when going out for a safari. Mm. 